You're listening to a sermon from Red Door Church in Melbourne. For more information, go to reddoorchurch.com.au. Well, it's a great uh, pleasure and privilege to be with you this morning. I'm so pleased to be here. Uh, and actually, I had a text message from Jonathan on Friday. He was out hiking with his two children. I hope they got back to where they were sleeping that night. But anyway, he was having an enjoyable time. So that's great to hear. Do you know that Jesus is your saviour? Do you know that Jesus is your Lord? Do you know that Jesus is your priest? Good. We're going to talk about the fact that Jesus is our priest today. And here's our memory verse from Hebrews. Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Since we have a great high priest set over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Now it's very hard to understand the New Testament without understanding the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the key to the New Testament as the New Testament is the key to the Old Testament. Here's a neat summary of the book of Exodus. God comes down to rescue, rescue his people from Egypt. God comes down to speak, he gave the Ten Commandments. And God came down to live among his people. We find that idea in the first reading we had, where God says to Moses, have them make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them. This is really important. It's not just that God comes down to rescue and then goes away. Not just that God comes down to speak and then goes away. But God's plan is to come down and live among his people. Isn't that extraordinary? To make himself accessible to his people, to come near his people, to live among his people. That's his great plan. And how does he do it in the Old Testament? The answer is by the building of the tabernacle, which was a big tent. And then in the middle of this tent was the most holy place. And in the middle of the most holy place was what's referred to in our reading as the ark. Now, this is not Noah's ark, in case you're wondering uh, how they managed to fit all those animals in this very small ark. This is an ark which is a box, and inside the box are the Ten Commandments, and on the top of the box is the mercy seat where atoning blood is sprinkled once a year, and on either end of the box are the cherubim. And this box is God's 
seat on earth, his throne on earth. And the message here in the Old Testament is that God says, please gather round me, because what the tribes do as they're traveling through the wilderness is they take this tabernacle and this ark with them, and whenever they stop for a rest, they set up the tent, they place the ark in the center, and then the 12 tribes gather around the tabernacle, the tent. They pitch their tents around God's tent. What's the message? Gather round me, but it's also don't come into my presence. Because no one can come into this, near this throne of God on earth, except the high priest and that on one day a year. So God is saying, I'm living among you, gather round me, but don't come too close. Only come through your representative I've appointed, the high priest, and only come with the shedding of blood of sacrifices. We often think the issue in the Old Testament is how can unholy people approach a holy God? Actually, the issue is how can a holy God live among an unholy people without destroying them? It's not how can people get to God. It is that God has come to them and lives among them but has to keep them at a distance lest they be destroyed. And their only access to his presence is through the high priest who enters the most holy place and sprinkles the blood uh, of the Day of Atonement once a year. Now, how should we think about those Old Testament priests? They are, according to Hebrews, a picture of the great high priest to come, a picture of the Christ to come. Indeed, the tabernacle itself is a picture of the Christ to come because it's the symbol of God's presence and the word became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father. So the tabernacle itself is a picture of the Christ to come, and the high priest is a picture of the Christ to come. And we read about Jesus the high priest in the letter to the Hebrews. We learn first of all that Jesus the high priest is a human like us, Chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. Therefore he, that is Jesus, had to be like his brothers and sisters, that's us, in every way, so he could become a merciful and faithful high priest to make atonement for the sins of the people. For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. Jesus was a real human being, not a pretend one. 
He wasn't a fake human being. He was a real human being with a real body. He had a real heart and real feet and real toenails and a real tongue. He was just like you and me. And he had to become a human to save us because he had to be a human to make atonement for the sins of God's people and also to help those who are tempted. Often when we're tempted, we feel that Jesus is a long way away from us. Actually, he's very close to us because he knows exactly what it's like to be tempted. He's present with us, not as our judge, but as our friend and our saviour. He knew the greatest and the fullest measure of temptation. He met that in the Garden of Gethsemane. His great temptation was to avoid the cross. So our priest, like Old Testament priests, is a human. Secondly, our great high priest is sympathetic to our weaknesses. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who's been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. So let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we can find mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. People often think the Christian life is something like this. There's a kind of standard you have to meet. And if you don't meet the standard, then you're on the outside or you're far away from God. But this message of Jesus, our sympathetic high priest, is that Jesus understands us at our weakest point. It may be uh, the frailty of old age. It might be the frailty of illness. It might be the weakness of ignorance. It might be the weakness of past bad experiences which still follow us through our lives. It might be the weakness of having made mistakes in our lives. It might be the weakness of continual sin. Whatever it is, Jesus understands us just as we are. When we were planning the service this morning, uh, we said, well, something might go wrong, but if it does go wrong, it doesn't matter because God is used to things going wrong. And I said, in my case, 24 hours a day. I've been a Christian for 52 years. I've been ordained for uh, hmm, as long as that, I think, something like that. Uh, but I make mistakes every day. And I sin every day. Isn't that depressing? Well, no, it's actually encouraging, isn't it? Because though I do sin every day, Jesus is still close to me. He sympathizes with my weaknesses as he sympathizes with your weaknesses. He knows what they are. It's not, you see, just that God made us so he understands how we function and the things that go wrong in our lives, but Jesus became one of us. So he understands our weaknesses from the inside, not just from the outside. He understands our weaknesses closely 
not remotely. Isn't that extraordinary? Imagine having a God who understands human weaknesses. What a treasure that is. Jesus, our high priest, is a human. He's sympathetic to our weaknesses. Next, he's appointed by God. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 6, Christ did not exalt himself to become a high priest, but God said to him, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So this priest is a priest appointed by God. And next, he is an eternal intercessor. Chapter 7 of Hebrews, verses 24 and 25. Because he remains forever, he holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for us. What is Jesus doing now? He's reigning in heaven and he's praying for us. And Jesus is praying to his heavenly father at his heavenly father's right hand. We often think that God's a long way away when we're praying, but actually when Jesus prays, he's right next to God. And that means, of course, that Jesus also takes our prayers to God. The great reformer John Calvin says that God's, he, God hears our prayers. Listen to this. God hears our prayers as it were from the lips of his son. God hears our prayers as it were from the lips of his son. So often we feel that our prayers are feeble prayers, the prayers we pray out loud or the prayers we just think. We think they have no power and perhaps there's such a big gulf between us and God that they'll never get there. But as Jesus prays for us, he also takes the prayers we pray in his name and presents them to his heavenly Father. God hears our prayers as it were from the lips of his Son. Not only that, but Jesus offered a single sacrifice for sins. For by one offering he's perfected forever those who are sanctified. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14. Or Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. Therefore we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus. It's not just that Jesus is close to God at the Father's right hand. It is that we can be as close to God as Jesus is through Jesus. Do you ever feel that God's a long way away? That you can't quite get to him? That he's close to other people but not to you? Well, the answer is through the blood of Jesus, through the death of Jesus, we can enter the presence of God at any time, as a matter of fact, 
we are in the presence of God at any time through Jesus' death on the cross. And finally, since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. You see, friends, it's not just that Jesus died for us a long time ago, but that he's alive now at the right hand of his heavenly Father. And so we have a great high priest now. We have a priest now, and he is the means of our access to God. We can come not just because he died for our sins many years ago, but because he is now at the Father's right hand interceding for us. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, the family of God, the people of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. I love that phrase, the full assurance of faith. And this full assurance of faith is available to every believer. Isn't that wonderful? It's not just that we can think, well, I, I believe, but I'm not quite sure. No, we can believe fully with the full, the full, complete assurance, that is the confidence of faith. If you believe just a little, even a little bit, you can have the full assurance of faith doesn't matter how small your faith is. The thing that matters is the bigness of God's promise, the size of God's promise, and the power of Jesus' death, and the power of Jesus, our risen and ascended great high priest. I once asked a theology class at Ridley, and I think Jonathan Smith was in it, what is Jesus doing between his ascension and his return? And would you believe there was a long silence as people tried to think what Jesus was doing between his ascension and his return? And one, one brave student said, well, he's having a rest while the, while the Holy Spirit's hard at work. So I said, well, yes, the Holy Spirit is hard at work, but Jesus is not having a rest. What's he doing? He's praying for us. He's sustaining us. He's functioning. He's working as our great high priest even now. Jesus, our great high priest, is a human just like us. So he can sympathize with our weakness. He was appointed by God. He's our eternal intercessor praying for us. He offered a single sacrifice for sins and he enables us to enter the presence of God. Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart 
in full assurance of faith. This is something we can do together on a Sunday. It's something you can do every day. It's something you can do at any time on any day. Draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, not because of the strength of your faith, but because of the power of our great high priest. Now, why might this be an important message for us today? I think because many of us are governed by our feelings rather than our faith. And some days when things are going well, we feel close to God. And other days when everything seems to be going wrong, we feel a long way away from God. But even on the worst of days, in the worst situation you could possibly be in, we can come to God with confidence. We can draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Whatever our feelings. Or it might be that you're haunted by things you did wrong before you became a Christian. And although you know that God's kindly disposed to you, you're carrying around that guilt still today. Well, you need to know that you can approach God, you can draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith through Christ your great high priest who died for the forgiveness of all your sins. Or it might be that you've been a Christian for a long time and as you look back you see things you did wrong in your Christian life, mistakes you made. And those mistakes still haunt you you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about them. Well, you too can draw near with true heart and full assurance of faith because of the death of Christ and because he is your great high priest. Or you may feel that you, you don't know enough about Christianity to be a strong Christian. You may think, well, I'm, I'm so ignorant, I don't, I don't understand lots of things. Well, actually, all of us don't understand lots of things because it takes a while to learn and because God hasn't revealed everything. But even if you don't know a lot, you can still draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Or again, it may be that you've been living as a Christian and you're so pleased that your sins are forgiven, you're so pleased that you can have, uh, that God uh, forgives your sins and gives you strength to lead a new life, you're so pleased that God gives good works for you to do and that's lovely, but you don't realize that actually the biggest privilege of being a Christian 
is coming into being in God's presence. You see, for some Christians, they think, well, God's over that side of the room, and I'm over that side of the room, and God says, well, you're forgiven. I just want you to know you're forgiven, and I love you very much, but stay where you are. He doesn't say stay where you are. He says, do you remember Jesus' words, come to me? Well, they're an echo of God's words. Come to me, draw near to me. The greatest privilege of the Christian life is that we can be not a long way away from God or sort of at a distance from God or a shouting distance to God, but near to God. Isn't that wonderful? Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Where? Draw near to God. With a true heart in full assurance of faith. Well, this message, draw near, you can draw near, let us draw near, is a message for those who are not yet Christians. You can draw near to God. It's a message for Christians who are feeling a bit wobbly. You can draw near to God. It's a message for believers who are feeling unworthy. You can draw near to God. It's a message for believers who are doing rather well. You can draw near to God. It's an invitation to the greatest privilege that is ours and will be ours for eternity drawing near to God. Make sure you do it when you come to church. Don't just come to church to meet other people. Draw near to God. Make sure you do it when you pray. Don't just present your shopping list to God. Draw near to God. Make sure it's how you live every day drawing near to God in the very presence of God through Christ, our great high priest. Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. That's an encouragement for each of us individually. It's also an invitation for us to encourage each other to draw near to God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing grace to us in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he came not just to be our Saviour and our Lord, but also to be our High Priest, through whom and in whom we have access to your presence. So help us each day, and each time we meet, and each time we pray, to consciously draw near to you, with the full assurance of faith that you give us.
So draw us to yourself and help us to draw near to you. In Jesus' name, amen.